is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For this episode, I chat with Michael Buchanan, and we talk about it all. We talk about his performance career. We cover uh, staying positive during the pandemic, and it's a, a bit of a slice of life. So I hope you enjoy this part one with Michael Buchanan. We're back. I'm Clayton Howe, and today with me on Zoom is Michael Buchanan. How Hello, are you? how is everybody? I, I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. Before we started recording, we talked about how it's been two years since we we've did, seen each other. We did, and I mistakenly thought it had been only like one because I don't count many of the last that's months. A, that's a glass half full uh, <laughs> view. A glass half forgetful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we hop in, this is just so exciting. We met uh, through Disney Cruise Line, not in the same cast, but we met on the ship, and it's just so great to see you again. I'm excited to talk about that and so much more. But before we do this, so much more. Let's take it back to the beginning of time from Michael. <laughs> what were your entertainment dreams growing up? Oh my gosh, that's huge. That's a, that is the beginning of time, it seems. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's so many inspirations that have come at different times, but I mm. guess I guess the bug hit me pretty early. Like I was I really enjoyed music class. Like I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And if we go like from first inspirations, we're kind of going to my mom and her music. We can get into that tangentially, but like, sure. you know, church music, like singing at church at the Saturday evening, like folk, folk group service. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with my mom. But more, more than that, I caught the bug at, at, at elementary school, like, you know, in music class, just having some of those teachers that really, that really know they're there to inspire. And, you know, we're not going hardcore into like music theory at, at, at grade five, but we're definitely sure. like, you know, getting people inspired. And that was really exciting. And then by the time I was in middle school, I had fully caught in the music, caught the musical theater bug. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I, uh, I accompanied a school trip to New York and I was just like, I was sold. I was sold. What was on it about New York? Um, what was it about the music yeah. for you? What was the, was it the way the notes, you know, you play multiple notes at one time? Was it a song? What was it? I mean, I really, I really have always been somebody that really connected with my own voice uh, it, musically. So although I took piano and that kind of stuff as a child, nothing really connected with me more than, than making my own body and voice do something that I planned to do. Okay. okay. <laughs> Cause I, you know, it wasn't as inspired by sports activities for very many different reasons. Uh, but but this was a world where it really felt like I could control what was happening from my body to produce something that made somebody else either happy or elicited a response in a way. And it really kind of like got, that's where that's where the bug got me. Did you have favorite, did you, yeah, no, I mean, well, I'm going with it. Did you have favorite songs or particular artists or one that you would listen to on repeat? I mean, I mean, throughout my life, that has changed in a lot of ways, but uh, I don't sure. know. I, I don't know. I was, I was really, I was really taken with uh, musical theater when I discovered it and when I was introduced to it. Um, so that, I mean, just that whole genre of music and the business that we're in and right. um, it, it inspired me from the beginning, but, um, but I don't know. I can't, I, I I've been pretty, uh, my, my tastes have been very wide in that arena. Sure. Sure. <laughs> what, um, what did your parents 
teach you about kindness? About kindness? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, my saint of a mother, she's just, she's one of those empathetic people to uh, almost to a fault. So I've, I've gleaned a lot of lessons from her. And in terms of uh, just treating everybody with respect and kindness um, has always been her jam. So I, I kind of, I kind of uh, got that from her. Right. Um, was that the question? Yeah. I, I don't know. I love that. Question. But and I, I like <laughs> to ask the same question again, but you know, what did, what did your mother teach you about work ethic? Work ethic. I mean, you know, I'm not no diss to my mother, but sure. my work ethic, my work ethic comes from both of my parents, but sure. uh, a lot from my father. My father was okay. like, you know, there's a job to be done and you do it as best as you can. Mm. And when you don't know how to do it, you, you learn how to do it. <laughs> you learn how to do it or you, or you contact the people around you who are doing it and doing it well. And and just monitor them and find out how to, how to get that job done. And if I love and not, that. and not being scared to ask for help. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love that. That's like no excuses. You, you figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Figure it out. Exactly. Yeah. Do, uh, did you have any, um, know your limitations, but figure it out. Yeah. You gotta stay in your lane. You know, you gotta stay true, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. true to yourself. You can't do but... it as good as someone else. You either, you either learn how to do it better or you step aside and let that person shine mm. in, you know, to, to have the overall product or event be that much more special. How do you decide that in your life? Like how, what is the decision between like, I'm going to push this point or I'm going to push through on this thing or mm -hmm. no, I'm going to let this go. This is not my thing to push. Right. I mean, those are, those are hard lessons to learn and you know, I'm still learning them. <laughs> so, Amen. You know, <laughs> My part one answer was, you know, the idyllic response, right? Like if you don't know it, learn it. But there are limitations as to, you know, what our bodies can do at certain ages or what, uh, what you know, what your voice can do or what your voice can do at this moment right now or what, you know, that's, that's mm -hmm. all I'm saying. You know, like, like uh, there's, we're always in a constant state of learning. And I think that that is really important but also knowing when to step aside and let someone else do it i think is really is really a lesson that i've learned to embrace that's yeah i mean that's self-awareness to me you know having the awareness of self to realize um mentors growing yeah. up standout lessons mm -hmm. from any of these mentors yeah i mean you know you've already touched on kindness that's that's huge and i seek that out in people I think to this day, like, I don't want to hang out with a-holes, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't suit me. It doesn't, you know, I don't strive to be them, <laughs> but uh, so in terms of mentors growing up, like, you know, I, I can, you know, point out music teachers sure. and teachers in general that, that really inspire me, but it, it, those lessons came from, from kindness and not, mm. uh, not necessarily from, um, uh, I'm trying to find the right word, not necessarily from a militaristic kind of like, you know, uh, uh, pounding it out of you or like, mm -hmm. or like tearing mm -hmm. you down to like get you ready for something that you needed to learn. Like there's, there's, there's a lot of 
of good that can come from that, but I think that is a fine line, right? Yeah. That, that I think we've all been in casts or, or um, situations where, where somebody is being un, uh, you know, unapologetically mean to tear you down so they can build you up in a different way. And I think that that can be good, but it's very dangerous. And it's not, some, it's not a place I love to live. Yeah. So I seek out people that can teach me or teach me a new skill or direct me in a way that is kind and also collaborative. I love that. And you might have just answered this, but what have you learned about communicating? Mm, that it is, I mean, this is so basic and cliche, but that it is a two way street. Or multi, multi street, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, the street, I just thought of a good metaphor, not but one you know way. what I mean. I know exactly it's what you're not saying. One, it's not one channel, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. I love that. Now, you didn't study musical theater. I didn't. In college. No. You studied no, I voice. Did. I did. I was a vocal performance major at the University of Puget Sound. Classical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a nice, it was a nice undergrad uh, undergraduate program that was kind of like was in a liberal arts school and a very good school and I'm very glad that I went there um, but they tried to they they have modeled their music program on uh, you know on a conservatory kind of uh, model mm. so it was very intense and uh, the one of the greatest things from that education was that I happenstance I chose a program that didn't have a graduate program in the same uh in the same categories in the same uh major so so I was able to have the opportunities to be an undergrad doing things like being in all the operas and doing all the things and and carving my own path there that a lot of people don't get to do until they're graduate students so um yeah I'm forever grateful that I happened to pick that school. <laughs> yeah. And what, what did you get your, what was your graduate studies in? I didn't, I didn't go to grad school. Okay. Yeah. No, I didn't think so. That's why I was like, wait, did I miss, did I miss something <laughs> no. in my no, but I mean, you know, like Sometimes in a, especially in a classical program, yeah. a lot of times they're like, you know, your undergrad is mostly about technique, technique and not performance. Like you're, you, you're there to observe and to study the graduate students and your your mentors and your teachers to then be get mature enough to be in the roles that you will eventually uh, do. Why did you choose voice, classical voice? You know, it was a uh, it was a perfect storm of a lot of things. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I had a voice teacher in high school, in middle school and high school, who was a lovely, lovely woman um, that was very inspirational. She, she was inspirational in the ways of really getting people excited about music and classical music mm. uh, specifically. Mm. So I had a lot of good, uh, good repertoire under my belt. Like that might have been a little too old for me. Let's be let's be real honest but luckily luckily it wasn't it wasn't material that was damaging my voice by any means because she was a very good teacher but that being said I got inspired by really great stuff that I was learning so Mm. I was concurrently doing musical theater uh, as I grew up um, because that was my passion Um, so like community theater some professional theater while I was in high school Um, but uh, 
going to school, I was like, I did apply to a couple of musical theater programs, but I mostly applied to, to classical programs. Mm. And when I, and I say perfect storm. So when I missed some deadlines, I kind of inadvertently narrowed it down to a couple places. And then I ended up at the place that, um, that showed that they, they were, they courted me, let's say. Okay. So it, it it, it made me feel pretty good. And I, I, I went with that choice. And I'm so happy I did because there's so much of my life that has uh, stemmed from from that choice. But I will say it wasn't all my choice. I accidentally missed deadlines. I was definitely a senior in high school yeah. trying to be, you know, at the top of my social and uh, performing game and missing out on a lot of uh, deadlines for college. Well, I, I love, I love asking, you know, the educational questions because it's so fascinating to hear what people studied or how they study. I mean, you have no idea yeah. some people doing, you know, comedy on Broadway and they've got like 10 years of education yeah. behind clowning, yeah. you know? So it's just yeah. interesting with, yeah. with vocal yeah. studies, you know, from that, you know, to cry baby book of Mormon, you know, we're going to talk about that, but I want to talk about after college. What was that path mm -hmm. and decision for you? Is it true you drove around the country auditioning <laughs> at theaters? Yeah, I mean, sort of. So I love this. I love it. When I re-entered musical theater, um, you know, I, I, uh, some friends, a good friend. I'm actually going to see this friend this weekend. Oh, great! Strangely enough, this guy I went to college with. Um, he he was in the same program in college as me, but we had connected that. Uh, about musical theater um, while we were there. And we also, tangentially, I'll, I'll say, we also started a vocal jazz program at our college that is still going today, all student-led. Um, Love that. Very proud of that one. Yeah. Um, but uh, what was I saying? Oh, but he got me re-interested in uh, pursuing musical theater. So that's, he was the reason why I went to my first summer stock. And from there, I kind of just started my journey and being like, I'm not in a musical theater uh, program, which most, uh, you know, most musical theater programs, as I come to understand it, is that they're not only teaching you technique and stuff, they're also teaching you about how, how, to, how to be a person in this business. Yeah. And so I missed out on a lot of those conversations in my schooling because they, you know, that program was supposedly um, gearing me up for something very different for grad school or for a teaching credential or, you know, whatever, fill in the blank on that side of the, the aisle. But, you know, I really, my, my passion is musical theater. So I, I wanted to get back into it as soon as I could. And, and I did that by doing it. You know what mm. I mean? Like I happened to be on the summer stock. And then after that, and after graduation, I, was just keeping my ear to the ground on like what these other people were doing next. Where are you going? Can I send a VHS tape? And I did, <laughs> you know? I mean, those those things exist somewhere in people's hands or in theaters. And I would be very embarrassed to see them. But, you know, that's how I would like send a tape on with like a package of my headshot and, you know, yeah. my resume and be like this, do you need this in your season? And sometimes the answer was yes. And I would pack up my little car and I would uh, drive to that next gig, you know? Um, also doing that whole circuit of like 
oh, you're going to SCTCs? What's yeah. that? I'll drive across country and <laughs> in my car with no air conditioning and go to <laughs> go to uh, Atlanta. And, you know, so right. it was a very interesting learn by doing and learn by trying kind of thing. Um, so once I landed in the city, finally, I finally moved to the city about two, three years after graduating, after kind of moving around a bit. Um, nomadically without a real home mm. like with actor housing so like know you know <laughs> and then finally yeah right finally coming to the city and uh starting that journey it was kind of like a new start mm. in a way but it, it was kind of the same thing going forward like learning learning from the last gig going up a level or or so to speak and and just keeping keeping up on that Sometimes it's, you know, oh, I just went to an audition and I got it and the rest is history. And other times it's leads and conversations in bars and finding out who's leaving a show yeah. to replace that. I mean, <laughs> so, it's, that's the thing. And it's been, that's, that's been my hardest lesson to grasp and to, uh, you know, I, you see people doing that in very kind and loving ways. And then you see people doing that in very, like, in my mind, like a very, like, Thirsty. icky way and I, I've always like backed away from the icky way and I don't know if that has served me or not but I think in the long run it has like you know I I don't know specifically but I, I doubt there's too many people that are like hear my name and it was like oh god he was such a such an asshole to work with <laughs> you know I mean at least they leave with kindness <laughs> yes exactly 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 but it's the same no. I mean I see it the same way you know the same way that I would be looking for leads we can call them um, when I hear one for someone else, I would share it. You know, it doesn't yeah. empty your cup to fill someone else up. That is true. Um, ways of being in the industry. I heard you say that for a second. I am curious. <laughs> what, what do you think? What comes to mind? What are the, what are some standout moments, lessons, thoughts on ways of being? Just ways of, of existing in this world? Well, we could start there if something comes to mind, you know, or specifically within the theatrical industry. Well, yeah, the theater world, I mean. Sure. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, like, uh, you know, I, I find what has served me, and and again, we're not, I'm not saying like this is the way or not, but what has served me, <laughs> right? Yeah. What has served me um, artistically and career-wise and also like personally is just to be present at all times to be uh, there to do your gig and your job. Like mm -hmm. always go back. The litmus test is what was I hired for? Am I, am I nailing that? <laughs> am I doing that to my best ability? And also like, you know, just being there and being ready to, to add to the art of it all, you know, add to the, the conversation, add to the, um, you know, when asked, like there are, there are rooms and conversations that I've always been like, that's not, that's not me. Like I'll, you decide that and I'll figure out my place. In it. Mm. What were your, what were your first thoughts and feelings, right? Arriving in New York city, was that, um, common that was about time or were there doubts or what was the mix for you? I, you know, I did, I did a lot of, uh, big fish in it. Uh, for a while. Mm. Does that make sense? Like, okay. you know, and, and not even, you know, I look back and that's not even really the case, but it feels like that it, it wasn't like a punch in the gut when I got here, but there were, there were some things I wish I had paid attention to before I went full bore into my, the energy of being here. Mm. You know, I think 
I think a big lesson I, I learned in a hard way was know your type. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like, again, these aren't hard and fast rules, but you, you do start to, to, to hit walls, so to speak, when, when, when you're like, uh, a five foot nine high tenor that can sing all the stuff that a leading man can sing. However, you know, sometimes you're just not going to be seen as such and you have to find what your niche is. Now I'm not, I'm not saying that you need to fit in boxes that they in quotes say that you should be in. That is not the point of what I'm saying because there are definitely times I have chosen to show them why they are wrong. Hmm. And that has served me very well, yeah. but you have to pick, I've, I have had to pick those battles instead of being frustrated by the no's I was given when I feel like I was the better choice for something. Sure. Does that make any sense? That does. That does. When you don't have to give specifics or you can, sure. when did you decide, you know, what was, what was that moment where you decided I'm going to show them, you know, that they're wrong, that <laughs> there are a few of those, you know, I, uh, <laughs> a handful. I, I, I was really lucky to do a couple productions of West Side Story. Um, and when I say that, especially these days, I say that, and I was like, I was Tony in West Side Story a few times. And, and, you know, some people look at me and they're like, are you kidding? Like that, that doesn't, that doesn't compute for me. Mm. And then, you know, some of these people or some people, I, I, I proved to them that that was, that was a, a really good choice for me. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so the, those, those kind of decisions that, that I made to be like, no, I want to show you, you know, if I kept hitting those walls without any success in that, like if I weren't, if someone didn't take a chance on me and be like, ah, I'm going to get, I'm going to get that five foot nine blonde Tony in my, you know, <laughs> in my show full of like, you know, six foot tall jets, you know, right, like, right, right. <laughs> we do have to believe that Tony could, be be the former leader of this group of th this group of kids right? right so you know that that took some convincing because you know people that know me and know me well they you know and aren't, aren't seeing me uh act this part they'll be like that's not him and i was like well that's why it's called acting honey. you know I what know. i mean like that's but that's yeah. hard and that's a that's a lesson not a lesson but that's something that's still to this day is is something that's hard for me to deal with in some ways, you know, I get a lot of the, uh, you know, the accidental feedback, you know, that I get sometimes like, you know, you didn't think my agent was going to tell me that or, you know, mm -hmm. th these little conversations like, oh, we're not bringing Michael in because he's not, he's, he's a gay man or a bubble. I think these things and conversations are changing in a way mm -hmm. um, slowly, but, you know, these things still happen. Like there, there are some shows that I will never get you know, depending on a casting director, depending on a, on the show, like I will never get seen for some things because they have decided in my career in New York that I was not right for them mm. uh, from the beginning because of a, you know, X, Y, or Z. Sure. And, you know, that's hard to get out of people's minds. And it's hard to, it's hard to, it's good and hard to be in, to get deeper personal relationships with people in the creative side of things and the casting side of things. Because although they know you a lot better, they're able to steer you towards things that you're right for because it, it is a part of you that, that this character embodies. 
but it also is hard because they also go too far the other way, you know? And they're like, well, he could never play this because he is such an out and proud gay man or, you know, that kind of thing. And I've, I've, I've dealt with that a lot in my career. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening. <laughs>